0: Awesome. Well, we are now going to hear from some of our amazing Academy students. Now, we have a bit of a unspoken rule. When we announce someone at the Academy, we give them ultimate honour, okay? So that's clapping, applause, stamping your feet, jumping to your feet, whatever it looks like for you. But It comes with a warning because anyone who's had multiple children know when you have your first child, you take a lot of photographs, okay, and by the time you get to the second, the third, I've got four children, okay, and to capture all those first moments for the fourth child requires um, intent, okay, for the first child, it's like you just can't take enough photos, by the fourth child, it's like, oh, they're eating their first food, we should take a photograph, okay? So we've got a number of speakers and we're going to ask you to honour each of them. And we want you to honour the last as you would the first. Now this might take some intent on your part, but I know that we can do it, okay? So our first speaker, this young man, has come an incredibly long way, in both in the Lord and geographically. He's come all the way from New South Wales. He's a second year student and he has an anointing and calling on his life to see people healed, physically healed. Um, this is something that's burning within him. He's doing an academy second year uh, project where he's launched in his own YouTube channel to teach into this area and to debunk myths that people might feel around God's heart and will to heal. So, ladies and gentlemen, can you please make welcome Josh Kellett.
1: Thanks, guys. (laughs) How's everyone doing today? So good. Man, I just was feeling before just to say it's such an honor to be up here on this platform. Hey, like two years ago, I was, as Rach said, I was living in New South Wales in Newcastle. And just the idea of being at a church like Glory City, that's just so on fire for the Lord and so intimate with him and knows his power and his peace and the fruits of the Spirit so profoundly was just like huge to me. So, yeah, to be up here today is just, it's amazing, and it's such a privilege. Um, So, today, I felt to talk, I was asking the Lord earlier in the week, I'm like, God, what do I speak on? And I felt Him give me a sermon title, and I don't really ever use sermon titles or anything like that. This one might, yeah, I'll just say it. It's uh, Revelation vs. Regurgitation. So... Sounds a little bit graphic, so try not to envision it too hardly. But um, yeah, so the Lord was like, He was showing me because I've definitely like experienced, even even in doing the academy like last year, you can come and you can learn amazing things, like amazing theology and truth that'll point you to the Lord that will ultimately totally change your life. But you can like, learn these amazing things and not actually spend time with the Lord to be where He'll transform you and just have it make no difference in your life. So you can actually kind of walk around knowing all the stuff, but not living any of it. Um, So, yeah, I, I was reminded yesterday, actually, of a couple of years ago i had kind of grown up my whole life believing that I was, once I was saved, I mean, this wasn't the language I would have used, but I believed that I was still a sinner once I was saved, so, oh, you know, I'm saved, thank goodness that God's forgiven me, but I'm probably going to sin most days for the rest of my life, and because I believed that, I was experiencing that, and I happened to come across this awesome teaching by this amazing man of God named Dan Mola. And, oh, we've got some damn Mola fans in here. Oh, amen. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I remember listening to it, and he's, he's, like, teaching, and he's preaching, and he's, like, see, the reason that you're feeling so, like, disgruntled in your heart about the sin that you're committing and about all these things is because you've actually got a new nature, and you're not made for it anymore. That's why you hate what you're doing so much. And I just remember these things, like, just being like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. I'm actually clean in the Lord. But here's the thing, like I heard that and that was like revelatory for me. But for me, what changed it, what changed the game was when it was actually the same night I opened the Bible myself. So I didn't just have Dan say what he said and me just be like, oh, what a revelation and then keep living the way I was. I actually went after the Lord with it. So I opened up Ephesians 6 and it's the section where it's talking about the full armor of God and it's saying, like, you know, you've got the sword of the spirit, you've got the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and all this stuff. And I'm reading it through it. I'm reading through it and I'm just like contemplating about what the Lord had shown me earlier in the day about my righteous identity. And I come to the aspect where it's talking about the breastplate of righteousness. And I felt the Lord say to me, How could you ever expect to live in righteousness? if you don't even believe, you have the breastplate of righteousness. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so true. This whole time, I hadn't actually believed that I had this thing. So of course I wasn't holding it up and, and living in it. And that for me was huge. So I saw, I saw my life radically change after that point. I saw like um sins just drop off my life, just like, to a crazy level and I was just wanting to tell everybody about it and it was so awesome and it really has been a journey for me of actually just walking in freedom in a significant level of freedom from sin since then an intimacy with the father from that place so yeah today I just want to encourage you guys actually take a moment right now and think about something because the lord's speaking to us all the time hey Think about something that he's popped on your heart, that potentially you haven't actually gone through the journey with him of actually being transformed into. So maybe it's an early revelation or something like that. Think of that thing, and then what I want you to then what I want to encourage you to do is take that thing to the Lord, and keep going after that with him until he changes your life. In that place to where it's not just an idea, but it's a lived out thing, because that's what he wants to do, and that's where the power is. Yeah. So I want to encourage you guys with that today. Jesus is amazing, he'll radically change your life. And yeah, go get with him. Yeah.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Kellett. Wow, we. What a revelation. Thank you, Josh. All right. So that was just an appetizer. We're on to the main. We've got so many courses tonight. You're going to be full, full, full. So our next speaker, you may have seen her around. She's been here for many years. And when you get to know her, she is, you know how you meet people in their culture setters? They like impact the atmosphere around them. And so if you're around this person for very long, you'll be laughing. She has the most infectious laugh that you have ever heard. Laugh, giggle, and I've even heard a snort from time to time because she fully gives herself to it. But there's also a depth to her. She's funny. She's an atmosphere set up, but she's also deep. And she's a deep, deep well. And so, ladies and gentlemen, could you please Join with me to welcome Cherie Fairlong.
2: Whoa, I was not ready. So, yay, God. All right. All right, for those that don't know me, my name is Cherie. And I'm just going to look at my notes right now. <laughs> um, hmm. Yes, I cannot see. Bear with me one moment. Sorry. It's my age. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Hi, everybody. Um, okay, I'll start. So thinking of what I wanted to share over these next few minutes with you today, the topic has changed countless times. Uh, But I hope that when I finish, you'll feel a little more encouraged, seen, and loved by the Father. That being said, I want to take you on a little journey in my thought processes with the Lord. At the beginning of each year, I love to just sit with Him and hear what God has in store for the year. In January 2019, I wrote the following. Pastor Bill Johnson stated that you know your mind is renewed when the impossible looks logical. I grew up in a town that was predominantly white, which thanks to my family and friends um, who loved and accepted me as me, I often forgot that I was Asian until I looked in the mirror. It wasn't until I was, went to the Philippines in 2017, which is around 40 years later or after I left originally where I felt I could fully embrace being Asian-Australian. That being said, uh, life isn't always so clearly defined as being black or white. But it is the choices that we make that define the course of our lives. For me, I've chosen to follow the one who created me, I will always choose him above all else, even when I don't always understand. Have you ever felt that you have more questions for God than answers? I can testify I am one of those people. In January 2020, I wrote, There is a changing of the guard. A younger generation is rising. There are more fierce, more sure of themselves there's a heavier weight of responsibility on this next generation of leaders, teachers and builders. There are many great distractions than ever before to deter them from the voice of the Lord. Now that was right before the pandemic. How does uh, this relate? Well, this little Asian Australian has had the amazing opportunity in this current season at the academy to be surrounded predominantly by a much younger generation who is committed to being sold out for him, to seek truth, to seek understanding, and to release his truth uh, into the people around them, myself included. And so then my responsibility, I have come to realise, is to encourage them, to build them up. And my desire has always to see this younger generation uh, exceed me, but that does not just relate to the church academy environment. And I mean, this recently, I had the opportunity to train a 20-year-old in my position at work. And I just came to the realization that I wanted to see him succeed above and beyond what I could do in that position. I wanted him to be successful. So at the beginning of this year, I wrote, you're coming into a season of great wealth and understanding. Grab a hold of what comes your way. Enhance every opportunity or embrace every opportunity to succeed and grow. I am with you. This is the Lord speaking to me, says the Lord. Oh yeah, Through the high seasons and the low, whenever, uh, your, wherever your foot treads, I will be there with you. So my encouragement would be, it is never too late. No matter what age you are in or or at, uh, wherever he has said in your heart, but you haven't seen it come to pass, or you don't understand why he has, uh, my apologies, I shouted too much in worship. Understand why he has said that particular thing to you. For me, that was taking a year out to do the academy. Know that it is never too late. He always has a purpose for everything he says and does. Thank you.
0: What a one liner. Know that he is never too late. I love that, Cherie. I told you she was deep. Thank you so much. Okay, our next student also hails from New South Wales. And I can remember meeting this student, she's a first-year student, on retreat at the start of the year. So we start and finish our academy year by going on a week-long camp together. And I remember sitting with this particular person on retreat and chatting with them and... The wisdom and the maturity that she carries far exceeded her age. And I was absolutely blown away. I'm not going to tell you how old she is, but I'm just going to say, I was absolutely blown away at the level of wisdom and maturity that she has cultivated in her life in a shorter time than maybe some of us. And so could you please put your hands together and welcome Rachel Sumpton.
3: Okay. So yes, my name is Rachel, first year Academy student, and I was asking God what he wanted to speak on today, and he gave me one word, freedom. And I felt the father, the father's heart longing for his sons and daughters to realise that they are free and they have full access to freedom regardless of how they might feel. The Bible says in John 8, 36, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And I have good news for you. You are free indeed. Yeah. Um, in Galatians 5:1, it says that it is for freedom's sake that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened by a yoke of slavery. God set us free so that we can be free. Like, bottom line, that's the reason why He set us free. God has no hidden agenda. He's not going, oh, if I set them free, they can do like all these things for me, no problem. But no, he's he's set us free and we don't do these things out of obligation, but from a place of experiencing and being compelled by the love of God. We enter a place of rest where we have freedom to say, I don't have to do this, but I I want to because I love you, God. I know that God loves me regardless of what I do. Super. Um, So I have a quick story of how God has shown me how much bigger he is compared to what feelings may arise. You ready to hear it? Excellent. So, yes, I'm from New South Wales. Last year um, I was in year 12 at a Christian school in Maitland. And I can tell you that generally I did not feel very free and often felt intimidated by the enemy whenever I thought to engage in a conversation about God. But there was one day, as I was walking past my my school gate, I just had this knowing that there was an angel outside. I couldn't see it, but I instantaneously thought, "Ah, there's an angel right there, and it wants permission to come in. Like, never have I had that thought before. But I was prompted to say, come in. Earlier that year, God had put in my heart to pray over our Year 12 kitchen area. And a few days after inviting the angel into the school, My principal, mum, and I prayed in the kitchen room where a lot of our students hang out during breaks. After that prayer, I felt a weight lift in the room and freedom, like being released. Then I asked God, like, why was the angel? Why did you invite the angel here? And he told me, it's a healing angel. And I asked, well, who do you want healed? And the Lord brought a student to mind who wasn't a Christian and that their back, which was causing them pain, um, needed healing. So I said to the Lord, you set it up. You, like, tell me when and I'll do it. Um, yeah, and I'll pray. I can tell you that I did not feel at ease to pray and it felt like a struggle. But even just thinking, like, even just thinking about it. But God reminded me of 2 Timothy 1.7. And he says, God has not given you a spirit of fear but of love, power, and a sound mind. And I was deeply encouraged. Sure enough, God set it up. During a lunch break in the Year 12 kitchen room, God prompted me to step out. He gave me the words, and I was able to lay hands on this person's back and pray. A few days later, they called me and said, Rach, when you prayed, I felt this like intense heat and the pain go. Oh, they weren't a Christian. And they're like, I... Just, I didn't think it was a thing. I just didn't say anything. But it's been a few days now, and I've had no pain. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Um, and I had the privilege to share the gospel for, with them for the next hour and a half, which was phenomenal. I was overjoyed at the goodness of God. It was through this God to, taught me that he is bigger than our feelings. You might not feel that you can step out or speak up. But the Bible says in Romans 8, 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? You can walk in freedom. God is ready to demonstrate his deep love. We need only be willing to step out in freedom. I love the question Sarah Cheeseman posed to us at the beginning of the year, um, at the academy year. She asked us, what would a free person do? And I want to pose that question to you all today. Despite what you may feel, whether it's at your workplace, school, university, at home, if you are given an opportunity to choose fear or freedom, make freedom your default because you are free. And ask yourself, what would a free person do? If you're not sure, I encourage you, ask God. He has only the best ideas for you.
0: Wowie! Are you filling up? So good. Thank you, Rach. You're incredible. All right, our last power preach from our academy students. Now, again, this is somebody who you will have seen around. Um, and you might have a, an idea in your mind about this person based on what you have seen of them. And so I'm really excited to have them speak tonight because she is so deep, so multifaceted, and so incredible. I'm just excited that you're going to get to see another angle. So I encourage you tonight as she speaks to rub your eyes and to look again and see the joy and the wonder that Penny Jarman is. Penny! Oh, who's...
4: Thank you. That was very nice. It's nice to sit under compliments for once in a while. Um, hi, my name's Penny. You might remember me from worship leading about half an hour ago. I was just about here doing stuff like that. Um, fun story. I've been singing for a little while, and when I first started kind of publicly speaking, my sister pulled me aside, she didn't even pull me aside, she just told me straight, like, you need to work on your facials because it looks like you're constipated. So, thank you, Jennifer. Uh, It was actually really accurate feedback, thank you. I had a look at some videos and I was like, oh, yep, that's correct. Anyway, I just wanted to have a chat to you tonight because preaching kind of gives me a little bit of anxiety. (laughs) I was like, oh, preaching, no thanks. A chat sounds better. So I just wanted to talk to you about um, something that God was talking to me about. And it's uh, about saying yes to God and what that might look like. So um, there's, uh, yeah, saying yes to God can be exciting, confronting, challenging, uncomfortable, glorious, rewarding, uh, stretching, sometimes painful. And yeah, some yeses are way easier to say than others, like, yes, Lord, blessings. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, oh, no thanks. I don't really feel like stepping out. You know, some some yeses are a little bit easier to say than others. And um, there's lots of examples in the Bible of uh, biblical legends that have said yes and where it's taken them. So I just wanted to brush over a few in no particular order. So um, Abraham's yes took him out of... The familiar and into the unknown it took him away from his family and his friends, but it also made him a pioneer. Moses's, Moses's, <laughs> Joseph's yes um, actually led him into some pretty dark places, including a pit and a prison. His yes to God also meant no to other people, like part of his wife, Naughty. Um, <laughs> Moses's eventual yes, because Moses, man, I gotta say, like, Thanks Moses, I know you're listening, but man, you really took one for the team on being relatable, because he definitely said like no a few times before he said yes, Um, which I was like, yeah, striking the rock when you're angry, I'm like, oh, definitely done that before, not literally, but you know, Um, yeah, so thanks for being relatable, Moses, sometimes the bar's just so high, just need to lower it a little bit, Um, that's not biblical, don't quote me on that, it's not in the Bible. (laughs) You're going to have to pick and choose a little bit with this message. Oh, yep. Oh, I'm going to leave that one. Uh, I'll leave that up to you. Anyway, Moses' eventual yes took him out of hiding um, and caused him to lead a whole nation of people out of captivity and into freedom. So your yes can sometimes mean freedom for others, which is interesting as well. David's yes took him uh, right into the vicinity of a giant, which he ended up killing, and his yes was after a whole army of other people's no's. They were like, no thanks, that guy is huge, Uh, we're not going to do that, and he was like, yes, absolutely, I will do that, because I've been doing, you know, I've been saying yes to God in private places far before my yes became public, which is cool. Um, Peter's yes took him out of a boat, out of the familiar and out of what was comfortable and got him walking on water, which is really cool. And Jesus' yes took him to the cross where he completely changed the course of history for all of us because Jesus had a choice to, um, he had the choice to say yes or no. So I was thinking about, yeah, the yeses to God, um, where where it has got me to today. Um, And even even the reason why yeses are so powerful, and Rachel actually touched on this before, it's because we have the freedom to also say no. God doesn't ever take away the choices. Um, He presents them to you. He's so kind. Um, Like I think about some of the ways that he's brought about a yes from me. He's he's really kind with me. Like he knows sometimes I need like a really giant lead into things. So he'll plant seeds like a year in advance and then kind of gently remind me again. You know, he's like... Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Um, yeah, so we were created with choice, and that, that's what part, that's part of what makes the yeses to God so powerful. And I believe that he treasures our yeses. Um, he loves it when we say yes to him. Like he, it delights his heart when we say yes, when we choose to say yes. So one of my yeses led me to academy this year. Um, yeah, and it's truthfully been really hard. Um, Part of my yes means that I'm living away from my family who are in New Zealand. If you can't hear the accent, you're welcome. Um, Amen, yes. Yeah, but part of my yes is has led me here to Brisbane. It means that I'm living away from my family, but I know that it's where God wants me to be. You know, he, um, yeah, spoke to me about academy. He was one of those kind things. He gave me a really long lead in, you know, like he spoke it to me in maybe like 2019. And then, you know, 2021 was the year. So he knows that I just need need time to kind of adjust or reroute (laughs) my brain and my expectations of the future sometimes as well, which we can do. Um, Yeah, there's a scripture in Psalms 139, 16. It says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And I like to think that there's this epic chapter in God's book and it's like crafted out and there's some studs on it and there's like leopard print and stuff. Um, Because you know, God's like, he's awesome. He's creative, you know, he's gonna put those things in there. He's like, it's got the name Penny on it. And my yes is what I think my yes does is there's a blueprint and a design for my life. It's a path that he's, like, laid out before me, and every yes that I have is me walking along. It's aligning to his blueprint for my life. Like, there's there's actually no way I'd want to say no to that because he knows the plans he has for you. It's to prosper you or not to harm you. Why would you not want to say yes to that? Um, yeah. And there's, yeah, there's, like, nothing else in the world, like... um. If you don't know God, that's the best yes you could ever say. Like, f- flip, that's the yes that changes all yeses. <laughs> the, the precious yes of saying, yes, I want God in my life. Because there's nothing in the world. It's shallow and it's hollow and it's a counterfeit um, of, what, of what joy and substance God brings. Um, yeah. And, oh, I've lost my, yeah, anyway, I've lost my place. That's all right. Why did I print my notes so small? That was a real oversight. Also, this hat's kind of casting a bit of a shadow. But I really liked it, and it made my outfit work. So I was like, you know what? That's more important. That's more important than reading my notes and knowing where I'm up to. Um, Yeah, God is so kind. Um, Ask anyone. I have an extremely bad sense of direction like extremely bad. I, yes, amen. Jane just said that. We went away on holiday this last week, me, Numa, Jane and M. and um, I got lost, like there's only two directions that you could go in, like the beach and then, you know, on the beach and I chose the opposite direction so that's exciting. Um, but I don't know where would I, I would be without Google Maps in my life. <laughs> Glory, thank you Lord. And I feel like um, that's like God. God is my Google Maps in life. Like, and, yeah, he's, he's kind. He'll reroute you. <laughs> like if you kind of do say no and then eventually end up saying yes, he's like, that's all right. The directions are right there. Like you're still going in the right direction. You might have just added on four hours, but that's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, he's so kind. He will reroute you. Um, but saying yes to God is the very best thing that you can ever do, and you'll never regret it in the long run, Ever. Um, you might regret it in the short term um, if you're saying yes to something like a five-minute power preach and you're like, what have I done? Um, but in the long run, it's it's good. You'll look back and you'll be like, yeah, my um, my yeses to him always work out f- for my good. It says everything works out in accordance with the, nope, yep, we know where I'm going with that one. So just <laughs> say it in your spirit. Um, <laughs> yeah. I do know that scripture off by heart. Uh, Yeah, just come and We can talk about it later. I'll say it out to you. Um, Yeah, but I think that's kind of where I land with yeses because I was kind of talking to God about it. And I was like, where else would I go, God? (laughs) Where else would I? Seriously, where else would I go? Like, I feel like Peter, when Jesus was asking him, there was a big massive fallout and half the disciples left. Don't quote me on that. It's a few disciples. And Jesus turned around to his 12 and said, "Um, are you guys going to lead me too? And Peter was like, where else would we go? You alone have the words of life. And I'm like, that's Jesus for me. Like, yeah, I've tried the world. It sucks. It was the worst. And um, yeah, even though it can be challenging and confronting and Gosh, stretching, yeah, all of those things. It's like the best things. Like it's like he's pruning you for your good. Like he only wants good for you. Um, So yeah, that's just what I wanted to talk to you about tonight, saying yes to God. Bless you.
0: You are such an excellent communicator. That was amazing. Thank you so much. All right. Well, our last speaker, who's going to bring us home, we're doing a five-course meal, okay? We've had four courses. We're coming in for the fifth, okay? I'm going to welcome him to the stage before I say a few things about Jesse Cheeseman. Yeah. Give him a hand. You can clap. Yeah. Now this man, Jesse Cheeseman, is part of our leadership team at the Academy and he he does a lot of things. He helps to oversee the connection groups, make sure everyone's connecting, and he's very good at that. And he also oversees our internship stream. We have a a third year um, internship that students can go on to. And he teaches on Monday mornings and I just sit in on his classes because I want to learn what Jesse knows. And I don't think there's been a week that's gone by of being part of a leadership team together with Jesse that I haven't learnt something from him. Um, His experience of the Lord blows my mind. If I'm linear, Jesse's lateral. Is that the opposite? I don't know he's circular (laughs) okay and so I'm just like I just sit in I sit in awe um, of this man and the things that he has cultivated with the Lord and I want more of them in my life so I just love sitting and listening to you and so today I thought what better way for all of you to be able to sit under some of the revelations that he has than to give him the closing word thank you Jesse
5: Oh my goodness, thank you. Hello, hello, my feet just need to be free, I'm sorry. I tried to do the (laughs) shoes thing, didn't work out. Penny, I totally, wherever you are, I totally relate to the directions. Um, My goodness, every time I drive with Sarah, um, she will say to me something along the lines of, what would you do if I wasn't in the car with you? And the answer is always, I just take the scenic route. (laughs) It's, it's, it happens a lot, um, but it's a good way to live. All right, take a moment with me. Just shut your eyes for a sec. Now take 10 seconds to just remember that the Lord has knit himself to you. It's so easy to forget. It's so easy to to go into worship and to sit here and listen to people speak and to get carried away with all of the emotions, with all the, the pullings and the promptings that God might be giving to you. But to just remember that He has made Himself one with you is like the only thing you ever really need to know in any situation you go into. And I was in the worship and I was just like, man you made yourself one with me. Like the good news really is the good news. It's so simple, but he made it so that a child could understand. It's better than anything you can comprehend. It's amazing. Say say this with me. Say it after me. I delight in the Lord. If you believe that, that'll change your life. If you actually delight in the Lord, there's nothing that can persuade you, there's nothing that can take you off track, and there's nothing that can pull you down from the high places that you were born to be in. He's good, and he's always going to be good. Just keep that in your mind for the rest of your life, and you'll be pretty sweet. Okay, those are just my worship ponderings. Romans 8... 5 to 6 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. This is one of the many sprinklings or dousings of God's ultimate advice to mankind as people of God. To live in and from the Spirit and not of and in the world. We've all been born with this desire to discover, with this desire to overcome and to establish ourselves in the world. If there's mystery, we're naturally inclined to try to uncover it. I see this on a daily basis just watching my kids grow up. I've got three, Lucy, Harry, and Otis, and they're all young, brilliant people. Um, But I see on a daily basis this dissatisfaction with what is not understood and a dissatisfaction with inability. So Otis, my youngest, this is a prime example. Like he came out of the womb, first thing he wanted, food, obviously. And you can probably tell he's not a small fella. (laughs) Second thing, he starts getting aware of himself and he sees things and he's like, okay, Next priority, figure out how to move so that I can go to these things that I can see from a distance and figure out what they actually are. And so he figures out how to move, and then he kind of does actually go back to his first thing, like, oh, now that I'm here, can I eat it? Um, And like, man, every day, the life of Otis Cheeseman is him crawling around the house, picking things up, putting it in his mouth, trying to eat it, like, I'm actually amazed at how brilliantly God has made people because like the amount of times I look over and he's just kind of sitting there with like discomfort on his face and then all of a sudden you see it. He's like. And then uh, this weird like half smile, half I'm kind of confused about what's going on, comes across his face. It's kind of like. And then slowly but surely, this thing would just like, slide out of his mouth or ooze out of his mouth whatever the consistency is it comes out every time I'm very happy about that and then there's Lucy and Harry you know I walked in on a conversation with them the other day and Lucy's like no I am bigger and Harry's like no you're small I'm bigger Lucy no Harry I am bigger no you're small I'm bigger and if you've talked to Harry, he talks like that. He actually can't say "S's," so it was like, no, I'm, no, no, you're mole. I'm bigger. <laughs> it's super cute. But all that to be said, we have this inclination for discovery and for establishing ourselves. And this takes me back uh, to Genesis. It kind of creates a parallel for me with the original command of God to man to subdue the earth, and now essentially what he's saying here is, take what I've given here, take the blueprint, take the example, whatever you want to call it, go out into the world, discover, and then establish what I have given to you already, and so we go through life, we're molded and shaped by people, opinions, we're shaped by situations we get put into, It also says in the same passage in Genesis to be fruitful and multiply. And I'm about I I just wanted to kind of talk about how it's the it's not the focus it's sorry. (laughs) We don't want to be focusing on these things of establishing and and creating and and taking ourselves and growing, like the command and the advice of the Lord, especially throughout the New Testament, is always to seek the things that are in the Spirit. To keep yourself rooted in the Spirit. Like there's a lot of thing. There's a lot of big calls. There's a lot of destiny, and there's a lot of. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot of big things that we're all pursuing, a lot of relationships. You know, he did call us to be fruitful and multiply. He's called us to a lot of big things. But when the big things become the focus, that's what trips us up. Like, we can't be concerned about all of this stuff. His word says to not be anxious. It's possible to do. He's called us to not be anxious. He's called us to live in peace. He's called us to live as one with Him. And He's called us to remember this stuff constantly. And in Romans 8 that we just read first up, He talks about living from the Spirit and not from the flesh. The flesh leads to death. The Spirit leads to life and peace. That is the stuff that we want. But yeah, like I said, there's all these big things that we want, and it's good to want, and it's good to hunger and seek after the things that he has called you to. Matthew six thirty-three, though, says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I missed a little part of my notes here where I said, uh, whether or not you, you uh, end up being a Christian or you know the Lord, once you've gone through this molding and shaping of your life, you kind of get to your teenage years and you get to your young adult years and your focus is taken from discovery and awe of a life and it goes to, uh, what's my purpose? And I need a partner. And so that was kind of where I was going with everything that I said just before now. Like he's given us all of this amazing stuff to, to have and to enjoy, but the focus can never be it. The focus has to remain the kingdom of God, to live in the spirit, to remain in his peace. Thank you. (laughs) So our natural instinct is to discover, to make ourselves known. And the biggest piece of advice that God gives to us in regards to that is to live in the spirit. So if that is true, what does a life look like that is God's? It should look like a spiritual journey of discovery that establishes the intertwining of God throughout the earth, not just in his people, but in everything around you. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature. Man, I want to be mature. I want the solid food. I don't want to be suckling on the milk for the rest of my life but the way that we get there is by living in the spirit by taking seriously his word to us by taking seriously his advice so often like like they are commands but when i look at it through the the lens of like a loving father it really is his advice to us he's not saying like get rid of the flesh stuff hang out in the spirit or I'm going to come and do this. It's like, hey, like, this is the world that I created and this is the reality that I've made. I highly recommend you do this or stinky stuff's going to happen. Yep. <laughs> he, he keeps it really simple. And funnily enough, when you give yourself to that, when you give yourself to the kingdom, when you give yourself to life in the spirit, the things that you once held so much weight with just don't seem so heavy. Turn your eyes on Jesus, look full in His wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. I have not once come to the Lord and looked at Him in the face where everything that surrounds me, whether it's problems, situations, whatever it is, it's all become remarkably insignificant as I have returned myself and looked at the one whom I love. Often when we're faced with a decision or a problem, we can say things like, oh man, I need to seek the Lord or I need to go to the Lord about that. What if we never had to say that because we never left Him in the first place? I feel the invitation of the Lord, like as Mandy said, that we are coming into a new section or a new part or a new chapter. I can't remember your exact wording, but we are coming into the new And there is new things available, but there's also new ways to live. It's so wise to take the advice of God, to separate yourself from the things of the flesh and to live your life in the Spirit. He is so jealous for your time. He's so jealous for your attention. He loves you. Like, that's crazy when you think about it. The God that made the universe loves you, and just wants everything about you. It's nuts, and it's beautiful. So every second of your life is significant. Every moment that you have, you have a choice with it. And every moment that you have, Holy Spirit is with you. So what are you going to create with Him? What are you going to discover with Him? What are you going to do with Him? Like, let's have some fun. Let's play. Let's party Let's have a good time with the God that made us to just take over. Oh, Lord, I'm just going to pray for you guys. Lord, thank you that you are so good. I thank you that you're as good as you say you are. I thank you that you see us so precious. Lord, that you look upon all of us with great love and satisfaction. We say we want to be with you, Lord. I'm yours. I'm yours for all time, Lord. I love your name, Jesus. Bless everyone here, Lord. I thank you for for your call into the new. I thank you for your call to discover and to establish. And we say yes. Amen. Oh, glory. I am going to... uh, Thank you. I just want to call up somebody now. Uh, A fellow that I know. He's lovely. He always makes me feel warm on the inside. And it's been a great pleasure to get to know him at the Academy this year. I'd like to invite up Christian Dobby to give a call.
6: Before I um, say anything, can we just appreciate everyone that's spoken so far? Um, Like far out. I've seen these guys uh, three, four, sometimes even five times a week this year. And the things that they're saying isn't just being fabricated or just for a sermon. Like they live this. Like this is their heart. This is what they want. So you guys did amazing. Um... Well, so I was praying on how to I should go about this. And God was just like, just be real. Just be real. So I was like, okay, what does that look like? And he reminded me of what it was like sitting in that chair. When I would hear a pastor speak and talk about this Jesus that did all these things for me that I didn't even fully have that heart revelation of. And he reminded me of all the thoughts that I got as I was sitting in that chair. Everyone would talk about his goodness and what he did for us. But the thoughts that I always get was, yeah, but you don't know me. You don't know what I did. You don't know what I've been doing. You don't know what I've been through. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. You know, all those thoughts that came... And the truth of the matter is, I didn't deserve it. But he doesn't love us because of who we are. He loves us because he is love. Yeah. And if you're in this room tonight and you've had those feelings, you've had those thoughts, You're even now you're thinking, yeah, but you don't know. It's like, you're right, I don't know. But I knew how I was. And there's not much that would surprise me of what you've done or what I haven't done. And I may not know it, but God does. And he knew me and he loved me and accepted me regardless because he just wants us. He just wants you. And the whole reason that we talk about Jesus is because he came to this earth and died for us so that we could be in fellowship with him eternally. It's got nothing to do with what we have done or who we may feel we are. It's got everything to do with who we are the moment we invite him into our life. And as we are, so are he, no, as he is, so are we in this world. It's got nothing to do with what you've been through or what you've done or maybe even doing. He just wants you. He just wants you. And if you're online as well, I'm speaking to you. I know I can't see you, but God sees you. God sees you. And so if you're in this room or online, if you're online, I want you to write in and say, Jesus, I choose you. We have people that will get connected to you, that will see that message. If you're in this room, though, you may feel for some reason that every word that's been spoken tonight has hit differently. You may feel like your heart's racing a little bit more or you just don't fully understand what the emotions are going through your head right now. But if you're in this room, Jesus wants to be real with you. He wants to show himself in a fresh and exciting way. He wants you to take, take you off that roller coaster that you may feel like you're on and put you in heaven, seated in heavenly places with him. So if you're here tonight, and you feel that you can relate to anything I'm saying, I want you to put your hand up. Thank you, I see that hand. Wait a couple more seconds. If you're waiting for a sign, this is it. God loves you. Thank you, I see that hand. So I want everyone to repeat after me. We're going to pray. Father God, I repent of my sins. I invite you into my life. I receive your grace and mercy. I acknowledge that you died for me, Jesus, so that I could live free and be joined eternally with you. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my heart to lead me, to comfort me, to love me for all of my days. Amen. We're going to have someone come and speak to you, those people that put your hand up. You're loved. Everyone sitting in this room right now, you're loved. Whatever you may be going through, it will get better because God is above it all. So I'm going to invite the wonderful Casey up, I think, yes, to do our communion. Bless you all, guys.